we were in negotiations for investing in real estate, they're winning, they're making money. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Educators Podcast, where we provide education you can build on. I'm your host, Kevin Amosh, and this podcast is unlike anything I've seen or anything we've tried. We are not only focused on real estate investors, but the content creation behind those investors. So if you're a real estate investor or a real estate influencer, this is the podcast for you. We want to help you build your wealth. If you like what you hear, please follow us. And if you like us, if you don't, leave us a five-star review and share with your friends. I am so excited with our guest today. Becca Strang has been a friend of mine for several years now. Um, and I got to tell you guys, you are in for a treat today. High energy and tons of knowledge. Great background. Uh, she's an uh, executive at, or what do you call it? What is it? A account Senior executive? Account executive. Account executive at First Integrity Title, which is a leader in the real estate investor space. She's been doing this for 10 years. Huge background in foreclosures and marketing, fantastic team behind her. Her passion is helping real estate investors, realtors, and real estate lenders close more business. Becca, welcome to the show. Thank you. Wow. I love that <laughs> intro. That was how, how was that intro? So the thing about this, this podcast, Becca, that is a little different than maybe some of the others is I want you to introduce yourself more than I introduce you. So that's why we did a real quick here's who you are, but I want you to tell us who you are. So why don't you take us back to those 10 years before you were in real estate and, and what, what caused you to go in this direction? Absolutely. Um, I love the journey of how I arrived here, actually. Um, it's one of my favorite stories to tell. And um, so I actually graduated college, found a job on Craigslist as a receptionist at a law firm, and we handled the foreclosures. And I remember the first year being really tough because it's a lot of legalese, a lot of having to be careful, but I really, really wanted to make sure that people understood the foreclosure process. There's a lot of really confusing notices that they received throughout the way. And um, I found ways to kind of say, hey, you received this notice, this is what it means. Um, and so I, I did that for about three and a half years. And um, got to the point where I was like, what's next? And so I went to the owners and I was like, I've got another job. And they're like, no, you don't. We have other companies. What else do you want to do? Um, and so I switched over to first integrity title and I first was doing marketing. So designing postcards to mail out, pulling mailing lists. And I remember when I was in that position, feeling really um, kind of behind in life, like, oh, I've just been like, kind of just like, like bumbling around. And it's amazing because I didn't realize how vital those experiences were to then stepping into title sales. So now I sell title insurance, but I leverage my background of foreclosure understandings. And I mean, I'm, I'm explaining legal notices to homeowners. I'm talking to banks. I'm talking to the public trustee's office. So I really understood the ins and outs of that, that process and timeline then switching into marketing. And now I have all this awareness of how to set realtors up with great postcards and flyers and brochures and how to pull a really strategic mailing list. And we're always learning in this industry. So I had this incredible stepping stone towards now I can share that information with people who are just getting started and are like, where do I start? The last thing I think realtors need to be doing and investors 
and lenders for that matter. Um, the last thing they need to be doing is like Google searching, like, right. how do I market myself? What, how do I finance these properties? Um, I think the beauty of arriving in this place, I've been selling title insurance now for 10 years, is um, we are surrounded with. We are hustling with what they know. Um, I would never in a million years Google like hard money lending. I would just be like, Kevin, question. <laughs> and and that's what I love about it. And that's where I've arrived. Um, and so I I have kind of become this educator in marketing, in mailing lists, in, in lead gen, um, even though I'm I'm never selling any of those things. I'm really trying to work with realtors and investors and lenders when they um have a listing or trying to make an offer on a property and just trying to do that business. So I just kind of act as a resource because I just want the people I surround myself with to have more business. And then I hope to work with them on it. And you are so fantastic at all of this, the education piece. I've been to some of your classes. You've spoken at our events. You and I do that hard money class together. People love you. So I would call you like the expert uh, networker, I guess. Yeah. Like you, you get to that. figure out, you figure that out, you know, everybody. So for our listeners, like, how do you get to, to be an expert at putting on the classes and networking with everybody? And, and how has that helped you grow, grow your business? So I would say one of the greatest lessons I've just kind of arrived at myself is finding people that you can trust and learn from first and foremost. Um, and, and then finding the people who will advocate for you. So I, I feel like if I got one or two people in different circles who I knew were going to connect me to the right people, um, I was going to grow my business astronomically. And then beyond that, once I started having more of a presence in that area, knowing that those people were going to share my name. And so I know even you've done so many huge investor events those are dependent on people walking away and going like, wow, that was really good education. And then they tell a friend and they tell a friend and it gets bigger every year. I do that with a lot of my classes now is um, I have people who retake my classes, which to me, I'm like, I'm going to say all the same things, <laughs> all the same jokes will be told, but welcome back. Um, but I, I guess arriving in a place where you know so much on a topic that people can come to you and benefit. Um, by no means do I think that I know all the nuances of even title insurance, even though I'm selling that. I need to know that I know a super great nook and cranny to bring people in, and then I can always find the rest of the answers from there. But I think really becoming um, a person that people are excited about and want to advocate for and get more people connected to, and then also developing some kind of reason why people should get in touch with you why, why they would jump on a phone call with you, e even with like investors um, and realtors, just reaching out to different clientele, the concept of not just calling with this awkward conversation of, Hey, I'm looking to buy a house in the area, but genuinely showing up with something interesting that you can add a value, a, a reason why somebody might want to work with you or sell an off-market property to you because you're going to offer something different and unique or just have a completely different conversation than anybody else. And so I, I would say that for networking purposes, it's finding something that's unique that will bring people in and then leaving people better off every time so that they're not just walking away being like, Becca's all right. <laughs> First integrity yeah. title is all right, but actually like 
you have to call her. She's going to help you. She's going to get you started. She's going to provide you with these resources. Um, so I would, I would say that's a big way that I kind of got my, my business going is being chat worthy. <laughs> and you are, and now people are like following you around. And, and when you put out an email, I'm going to provide this content or I'm going to bring in this speaker. You fill a room. Yeah. People, people trust you. When it's you, when you're bringing in the content. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's anytime you, you have a, a speaker come in, uh, because, because people love you. Oh, thank you. Well, I, what I got out of what you just said was a couple of things. I wrote them down here. Um, you really focus in on a niche, it sounds like. And you further describe that by saying you want someone, you want them to have a reason to get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be the same thing. But um, I really like that answer because you focus in on a niche. And when I think of you, I think of well, actually, I think of two, so maybe it's two different reasons, but I think about the marketing and like the, the social media stuff that you're so good at, and I think about the, the title insurance. So I guess you kind of have two niches then, huh? Yeah, well, the way I've also really dialed in this sales pitch of mine where I say, hey, I'm here to help you get more business because when you have more business, hopefully I have more business and we work together on a closing process. And so I remember when I used to go in and kind of make my sales pitch, someone was really impactful. It was, it was a managing broker of a real estate office. I like made my sales pitch and it was a lot of marketing talk. And he was like, is that it? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you didn't even ask for their business. And I was like, whoa, you're right. <laughs> and, and I think I had to really shift that, um, that mindset and, and help the consumer understand how they could help me as well. Um, one of the most thoughtful things that people have asked me in meetings, and I, I certainly didn't think about this until people started asking me it, but sometimes when realtors are getting started, they know they don't have any business for me. They're like, hey, how can I help you? And I'm like, well, I want to work with you when you have a listing, or if you're on the buy side and you want to offer to pay for title on the buy side, if you're an investor, um, I'm like, but if you have anyone who's just really looking for a great support in title world, I'd love for you to share my name. And, and so I think just helping people understand how they can help you can really change your business and helping people understand why they should reach out to you. Um, I, I definitely had a, a time in my career where I was really taking off fast and people would even hear that I was busy. Oh, I know you're super busy, Becca. And I'm like, that's not good. I don't want people to feel that. Um, but like helping people understand, I want to hear from you. And here's a variety of reasons why you should reach out to me. And it makes my life easier, Kevin, because then I'm not calling you up and going, Kevin, how are things? Just, you know, what's going on? <laughs> let's, let's catch up. Like, no, I want you to reach out to me when you're like, Becca, I have a situation. I could use your advice. So I better help people understand what is my expertise and what are different reasons why they should reach out to me for it. The Real Estate Educators Podcast is brought to you by Pine Financial Group. Pine Financial Group is a private lender specializing in value-add bridge lending for real estate investors. This is accomplished by raising private money from individual investors and lending that money out in short-term real estate loans. Pine operates one of the coolest public mortgage funds on the market because it brings consistency and security to your investment portfolio without giving up on returns. 
The fund pays its investors a flat 8% return with monthly distributions. There is a low minimum investment and no lockup period. That's right. You can request all of your money back at any time without any fees. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with the Pine Financial Group Public Fund, PFG Fund 5. Find out more at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. Niching and then the, the, the call to action, CTA. We, we learned yeah. that in marketing, right? And, and I'm, I'm very fascinated that you said that because I haven't seen that from you in the years that we've worked together. You've always been very good at that. You provide value first, and then you'll have your, your call to action or your ask. Um, I struggle with that too. And I bet you a lot of our listeners, a lot of real estate influencers struggle with that. For sure. Because we're so focused on giving value, right? Yeah. It's like add value, add value, value. Okay, don't forget, call me for this reason or this reason. Mm -hmm. um, but it's worked well for you. So what do you say, like your classes, that's really your primary marketing, it feels like. Yeah. So your content creation, your content first led marketing, um, how does that, how's that go? I, better, have you it's tried uh, pay-per-click or have you tried like flyers and mailers and all of that? I just sent out, I, I mean, yesterday was a great example. I, I'm not teaching this one, but I'm bringing in a great teacher. And I think that's the beauty of it. Once again, who you surround yourself with. And I right. have um, a baller realtor coming in. Her name is Tara McCarthy. She's with EXP. And she's going to come in and talk about the tax evaluations and how to contest them, how to run comps for clients to possibly contest the value of your home so the taxes don't go up so high. And I sent it out to just a small fraction of my database. I mean, I'm talking like one eighth of my database thinking I was going to send it to more and more after that. It sold out in like 30 minutes. And so that for me is, okay, I'm going to get in front of this great crew of people. They are going to be appreciative of the value that was brought, even though I'm not even presenting it. It's not my wisdom. It's not my information. Um, but they, they can trust that I'm bringing in phenomenal presenters who are worthy of sitting around a room for, for two hours. So at this point, the only way that I market is just like one send out. And then I think it's that reputation that's been built and making sure that I'm providing classes that are really interesting. So, I mean, I've definitely had people who have said, Hey, Becca, can I present for you? And I have to like squirm my way out of kind of being like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, because it's reputation is everything. Like you want to make sure that like, which is why even like I'll bring you in once a quarter into my, into my sphere, but I would rather bring someone in repetitively rather than risk bringing in something new that feels maybe like a waste of time or not the expert in the area. And so I, I would say that for me, it's building a reputation that people can trust, even if they don't know who that presenter is, they're going to trust that like I have vetted this person and education is great truly because especially if I'm teaching it, I know same thing for you. It really allows people this kind of stepping stone towards getting to know you and even the concept of like cold calling, you're asking people to trust you with the largest asset of their life, yeah. or you're asking if you're an investor and you're like, Hey, I'd really love the opportunity maybe buy this house from you. That is a big ask from a stranger. I think a much better venue is to put on some kind of education of 
here's what it looks like to work with an investor. Here's what it looks like um, to plan towards retirement. Um, anything that you could get people in front of in front of you for a while so they could hear that you know what you're doing and that you're trustworthy um, and get some great ideas. It, it creates yeah. a it creates a trust in a, in a much faster way. Yeah. What, what do they say? People do business with people they know, like, and trust. Totally. And being on stage or if you're on social media providing content or however you get your information out there, um, that just speeds up the, the know, like, and trust process. It does. And that's, that's what you're trying to accomplish here. Add value, have your ask, speed up the process. Um, sounds to me, Becca, as I listen to you talk, that your database is probably a pretty important asset in your so how do you how do you build that? How would you say, or what advice would you give us about building your database? I I think one of the greatest advice I can give is an encouragement of starting a database is humble beginnings. The way that I started my business was going around with granola bars with a sticker on them that had my name, my logo, my phone number. And I would go to offices and just pop by and be like, do you want to granola bar? And they'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, hi, I'm Becca Strang with first integrity title. And it's like, <laughs> sales pitch starts now. Got ya. And I, I would never want to return to that. But if, if I could offer that as a word of advice, I, I think a lot of people get started in any kind of really sales realm, especially in real estate. Um, and they hear from the top producers and it actually looks pretty cushy, um, but it can be very, very humble beginnings and doesn't mean it has to be awkward, but it certainly can start in a way that is uncomfortable. And I remember, I remember everyone telling me like the receptionist is the gatekeeper. I'm like, okay, okay. And I think I had to shift my idea too of receptionist is the person who can get you connected to the right person who is then usually the gatekeeper. And so the receptionist would get to know me from those you know, visits and they would eventually be like, oh, you can talk to so-and-so about providing lunch. And then I provide lunch and make a sales pitch. And then that turned into, we trust you to bring in education. And then that turned into, I'm like, I'm gonna provide the education at my location and, and you guys can all come to me from all different offices. And now what it creates is an opportunity for people to network. And my, the, the coolest thing that I've been seeing lately is people exchanging business cards in my classes yeah. of like an investor meeting a realtor, an, an investor meeting a hard money lender, like just putting different people in a room. And I'm not saying, hey, talk to your person next to you, but inevitably conversations come up where they get to meet each other. So I would say my goal for this year is actually taking my networking to the next level for me. And I think you're already here. I can see you already host a lot of really successful events, but for me, it's going to be um, coordinating soirees. So I'm like, I'm reaching out to different venues, seeing what the pricing would be, seeing how cute of a venue I can get at the lowest cost. And, um, and then talking to people about, would you be willing to present? Like if I, if I host this cool soiree, would you come in and speak for an hour on your expertise? And so I think for, for building a database, it is sometimes very humble, and then you can take it to where you want from there. And, and it will never stop. I'm 10 years deep in this, and I'm like, okay, this year, the way that I want to grow my database is more so about connecting people. It's, it's not just, I want to get in front of a room and make a sales pitch and add value. It's, 
I want the wonderful people in my life doing real estate to meet other wonderful people doing real estate and get ideas from each other and learn from each other. And like maybe teams will form, maybe partnerships will form before between realtors and wholesalers. Um, there's a lot of connections to be made. Yeah, and I I love this again. I I, keep, I know I keep saying that, but I I truly do. I'm not mad one about thing, you loving these things. One, <laughs> look, I've been doing this for 20 years. I have some idea of how to build a database and 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 how to to educate an audience and how to get them to like you and trust you and know you. I and all that. But what I have never thought of until just now when you said it mm-hmm. was if people are exchanging business cards. And then they're calling each other and they're trying to work out deals together. What do they say when they pick up the phone and call the the person with the totally right? Loved I mean, meeting you at Becca's class. I met you, you at Becca's, Becca's class. Yeah. Exactly. And now you're in their mind. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. I, I didn't even think about that until just now. Maybe, maybe it's something both of us can work on and start asking them to exchange business cards. No, let's throw a party. <laughs> a business cards exchange party. Yes. Actually, I like I'm really into that. I'm really into it. I oh, yeah, great. I feel like creating an environment where people can meet other people, especially in this industry, um some of us are lone wolves. I mean like I, I work from that. home and then I'm meeting up with people throughout the day at coffee shops at their offices in a classroom. But a lot of investors and realtors and lenders aren't really seeing people unless they're being introduced. And so I think in this industry, it really helps to give people an opportunity to connect, um, especially when there's a purpose. I think it's quite awkward to just like coordinate something, be like, come drink together. Um, But to say, hey, come here, we're going to have some education and there's going to be a bunch of people that are like-minded in this room. Yeah, you know, I learned some I learned this lesson that you're you're touching on when I first started our monthly networking meetings. So we did just that. Let's meet for a mixer. We called it a happy hour. And then we're it's just gonna only be real estate investors. So we could just come in and exchange business cards and hang out and, and talk shop, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was 20-ish people, maybe they liked it. It's kind of low risk. We can just come and hang out. But the feedback was well, we need to. We need a little bit more direction. direction we need some yeah. more structure. Yeah. We need more. Uh, we want some education. So we started bringing in a speaker. Two-hour meeting. We had one hour of speaker. So we had time at the beginning and we had time at the end of the event for people to to network. And and then our numbers jumped up to eighty to hundred, and we were we were getting that kind of turnout every month. Uh, wow. Then COVID hit, but you know. No, but, but to that point, Kevin, I. I've had a lot of lenders who have said, hey, Beck, let's host something together. We'll do a lunch and learn. And I'm like, forget lunch and learn. That sounds expensive. Like, let's just have a great, let's have a great presenter. And it doesn't need to be lunch. People aren't there for the food. Like, right. and I, I think it really took a minute for like my lenders to understand they truly are coming here. Realtors and investors are truly coming here because they would love to learn. And and like, it's, it's pretty cheap to just think that people are showing up to get like a meal, then it's, it's their precious time. And so and that's not the client you want. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think even for realtors and investors who are growing their business, what I've always told them for growing their business is you don't have to foot the bill, have people come and socialize and then add value in a different way. 
provide the education, tell them to like grab their drink before they sit down. Like, and then you have the people who, you know, who are serious and, um, and you can, you can grow from there. But, um, I, I think it's like a misconception that you have to like spend a ton of money to really grow something, um, like conversation and education will go a long way. Yeah. And we're doing, we don't do the monthly events. Now we do a quarterly and okay. to piggyback on this point, we're calling them the pine panels. So we just have a panel of experts. I just love to, that. That's cool. Right. The, our last one was a legal panel. So we had several attorneys up on, on in the front of the room and we asked them legal, we got legal, free legal advice. Right. So mm-hmm. we don't charge for these events totally free, but we're not providing any food or drinks like they come in and then you pay for your own food pay for your own drinks but let's hang out the venue's giving it to us for free because they're expecting you to buy a drink so please do that Mm -hmm. and yeah there's no expectation to provide the food and drinks yeah i just love that pine panel i love a good alliteration that's fun right (laughs) so we're doing that every quarter in right now it's just denver and colorado springs but we plan to start it back up in minnesota you know this but our audience is national Um, We're highly focused in Minnesota and Colorado, uh, but we do have clients all over the country. We have investors all over the country. And I know the one thing that we do special here in Colorado that is is a little bit unique. um, So I want to touch on this um, quickly because a lot of our audience isn't in Colorado, but you're very good at the hold open policy. And Mm -hmm. we're very lucky in Colorado to have this. Can you just tell us quickly what a hold open policy is? Yes. Um, So... In Colorado, what title companies will do is we'll say, hey, well, I'm not sure of all title companies, but at least a first integrity title. If you have a property and you, if you offered to cover title on the buy side, you could say, hey, we're, I'm going to cover title on the buy side. We're going to use my title company, first integrity title. Then you flip this property. And when you go to sell it again, obviously the value has increased. It might even be by like 100, 200K. Um, your title premium would go up too. However, if you did a hold open, you're essentially saying, I've gotten a title policy. I'm keeping it open because I'm going to come back and sell it. And at that point, we're only going to charge 25% of the cost. So think about it this way. Typically, if you purchased a property, it's going to be somewhere around like $2,000 for title premium. Um, just based on the average purchase price in Colorado. So you go to sell it and now the price is increased and now you're only paying like 300 bucks. So even offering to sweeten the deal on the buy side so that you can close at the same title company again with a hold open policy, you're saving money and you get to work with your preferred team over and over and over rather than as an investor buying this property and the seller is usually paying for title buying this property, sellers paying for title. It's a different title company every time, different closing team. You never get in a rhythm. It's just like this kind of, you're just like along for the ride every time. So I work with a lot of investors who say, all right, the property is listed at 400 grand. I'm going to offer, let's say 400 grand and I'm going to cover title insurance costs. So you're looking at spending 400 grand and maybe 2000 extra. And then when you sell, you're spending very, very, very little on the selling cost of the title premium. So it is it is a great way to kind of manage some control over every transaction you're a part of, um, directing the title company that it's going to, and then also saving money. So um, I love running numbers for people. Anytime, if you're looking at a property, if you're on the buy side and you're like, okay, well, wh- how much would it cost if I paid for title 
on the buy side, I'm always happy to run those numbers, just give you an idea. Yeah. And you, you can be as creative as you want. If, if you don't want to cover the entire policy, just say, well, I'll, I'll throw an extra thousand bucks in the deal if, yes. if you close with this title company or however you guys want to negotiate it. Um, we're very lucky in, in Colorado to have the hold open policy as an option. I know California has something very similar. Other states do as well. So check with your Minnesota title companies. Doesn't. Minnesota does not. No. Lame. Yeah, lame, right? No, they want to close. So all the hold open means is they literally just hold it open. Like So if you have to file a claim, they're going to have to go close that policy and then you're allowed to file the claim. You can't file it while it's open. But once you resell the, the property, then they're going to close it. And that's where the, the savings comes in. Um, it's kind of confusing, but none of that really matters. What matters is it saves you a ton of money and Becca can help you with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll share your contact information at the end of this, but I had a few other questions because you do focus some of your um, efforts with real estate investors specifically. I know you like realtors and lenders and anyone who bring your business is fantastic, but first integrity is known for the foreclosure stuff. They're known for helping real estate investors, tons of investors in the state choose to work with you guys for that reason. So if, we're, if I'm a wholesaler, let's say, how does First Integrity help me in my business um, as a wholesale real estate investor? Sure. Um, I like what one of my lenders said something about me at one point, and I really appreciate it. He was like, you know what, guys, you can work with any title company when it's an easy deal. No big deal. When it's a wonky deal is when you really need to work with a good title company like First Integrity Title. And what I will say is I have a handful of closers that any of my closers can handle working with wholesaler um, or, you know, doing like assignment deed of trust. But I have several closers who are just really in the rhythm of it. They're, they're used to the way that the deal plays out. They're used to the process. Um, they're used to, you know, amendments and changes that go on along the way. And so I would say that the way that we work really great with wholesalers is that we have a lot of creative problem solving, flexibility, and experience. So the, the concept of some title companies look at that deal and they're just like, this is just, this is all over the place. It's nuanced. There's things changing, um, and, and our, our closers, just, they're grateful and they're in the rhythm of doing those deals. So when they get a, a wholesale deal in their lap, they're not looking at it and going like, oh, this is totally different. They're like, okay, cool. Done this before. So, um, I think a big part of it too, is that we have about seven attorneys at my company in total. So even if that closer was like, this is new, or this is different, or maybe legally, this wouldn't be the best. Um, we have seven attorneys at our fingertips who are able to chime in and say, we don't see that being a liability or this is how they should structure it more strategically. Yeah, that's where the real value comes in. Like, yes. let's restructure this deal to get it accomplished and everyone's safe. Yes. And sometimes, so, I mean, it's just writing a quick amend to the contract, right? Exactly. And so I I have a, a phenomenal um, client that I started working with and one of our VPs jumped on the call and was like, let's talk about how you're structuring these deals and like make sure that it's going to run smoothly. And, and I don't think a lot of title companies would take that time to be like, let's bring in the VP who's, you know, overseeing the title department to look at all of these deals. But he's, he's working on three transactions a month with us. So at that point it is like, let's, let's pause and make sure that we're aligned and that every deal moving forward should just be like clockwork. So um, I, especially because a lot of investors, you know, they're, they're coming in and it is kind of like drinking from a, a fire hose. And, and I think that they're looking for some wisdom, which we have, 
some creativity, which we have, and um, the ability of just getting some education too. Um, also resources. So we we offer the the list of pre foreclosures for free. So if if anyone was ever interested in that, I just say, hey, shoot me an email and get you signed up for our NED list. That's the notice of election and demand. And that's the first notice that homeowners receive when they receive the notice that they're in foreclosure, that it's a legal process officially. So that's a great opportunity if you're an investor to call up those people. And obviously they're getting tons of phone calls, um, but you find your own unique way of reaching out to them and saying like, I see that there is some distress in this property and, and try and turn that into an off-market deal. So we provide a lot of resources to investors and things like mailing lists, list of people in pre-foreclosure, um, marketing help and assistance. And because I worked at a foreclosure law firm, um, I've been a person who, you know, a lot of people call me like, okay, what's this process? And what are their rights at this point? And can they sell? And when is the sale date? What are you seeing? Um, so looking at that. So just a ton of value. Mailing lists, marketing, NED lists, closings, all these classes that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you're someone that people should probably want to get in touch with. I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> now, qu honest question for you. <clears throat> Colorado only, right? We are nationwide in service. We are physically located with office locations in Colorado, California, and Arizona. Okay, so you would be okay with calls or emails from anybody in those states? Yes, absolutely. Okay. We, right, have, we have office locations there. Um, I know our, our Arizona office is doing tons of education as well. Um, and so we we do a lot of business in those three states. And then we handle refinances nationwide because it doesn't matter if we have an office yeah. space there. Okay. And so someone in Colorado especially should want to be on your email list so they can get invited to these awesome classes about Absolutely. hard money and about... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I do the, a lot of webinars too. So I... I, I uh, I've been in communication a lot with people in like Pueblo and Grand Junction and Vail. Oh, cool. And um, and then every now and then they're like, hey, Becca, I have a friend in Denver who's selling their house and would love to work with you on title on that. And so um, as much as I don't have a physical location in Pueblo, of course, we can still do deals in Pueblo. Um, and remote online closings are a huge thing now because of COVID. Um, and we still do them all the time. So if it was a matter of somebody's like, sure, I have no problem just like closing online like this, um, it's an easy thing for us to do. Yeah, it's interesting to say Pueblo. We're, I'm, start, I'm just seeing more deals in Pueblo and I'm seeing more in Greeley than I have in the past. And I think those are two markets that maybe worth keeping an eye on. And um, just the cash flow for a real estate investor is a bit higher in those two right now, but... Proceed with caution. I'm just saying that was interesting. You said that because I'm also seeing. I'm also seeing that. I I'm seeing it. I think because we just got so oversaturated in all of these areas surrounding Denver Metro that I feel like there comes a point where if you're really going to make money on the investing side, you got to go different directions. Like right. people have already discovered that this is a cool place to be. Home values have raised here. And, and yeah, isn't that like the key to investing is like discovering something before it's cool. Yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe we just, we just, uh, uncovered that, huh? Yeah. We, we can make point. You and I uncovered this. this yeah. Is yeah. We just discovered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. How do we get a hold of you? Thank you. Um, it's 262-352-1218 phone number. 
it's Wisconsin, but it's not spam. It's never spam. Um, and my email is Becca S at firstintegritytitle.com. All right. And we'll first get the... is spelled out F-I-R-S-T. And I'm kind of disappointed in myself. I feel like I should have sang that. Two, six, two. You can. <laughs> Go for it. Keep going. <laughs> I'll skip it this time. All right. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll be sure the website gets up there as well. Uh, Becca, thank you so much. I, you added a ton of value. I knew you would. We're definitely going to have you come back on um, as frequently as you want. But definitely, if if I could twist your arm at, at least once, maybe a year or so, and and get you get you on here because it's always such a pleasure. Yeah, such a pleasure, and uh, vice versa. So thank you so much, and have a wonderful rest of your day. All right, thanks. Thank you, everybody. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh yeah, and tell a friend.